0: You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. As we said, we're going to continue on with the Radical Jesus series uh, today. Um, Gabby did such a great job, as Matt mentioned already, and I encourage you, if you didn't see it, have give it a watch, because it will put today's message into context. In fact, it will put the series into, into context. And the topic of today's message is Jesus came to reveal and restore us to the Father. Isn't that wonderful? And so when you read through the scriptures, especially the New Testament, you, you, you'll, you'll come, it doesn't take much to understand that Jesus was a radical person who came with a radical message. His message was in fact so radical that on many occasions people wanted to kill him for it, and ultimately they did. He came with a message that had never been heard before. He came to reveal something that had never been revealed before. In Hebrews 1, verses 1 to 2, the scripture says, God spoke at many times in various ways through the prophets, but in these last days he has spoken to us uh, by his Son, whom he has anointed, heir of all things. Jesus came to, to complete and fulfill the message of the prophets, but also came to bring a revelation that no prophet could ever bring about God. When God wanted to reveal himself as Father, there was only one person in the whole universe that could do that, and that was his Son. There were many wonderful things that Jesus uh, did when he was on earth. And some of these are, he came to take away our sin. He came to release the kingdom of God. He came to set the captives free. He came to reveal the works of the devil. He came to die for us and be the final sacrifice. But the main reason why, why God sent his son was so that he could be revealed on earth as father, Amen. papa, daddy. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Revealing the Father was the main focus of Jesus' ministry. His vision was to bring heaven to earth. His mission was to seek and save the lost. And the way he did this was by revealing the Father to humanity so that our relationship with God could be restored. And so from the scriptures in uh, John 14:6 from the NIV, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so there's two concepts presented here. Jesus is the way and the Father is the destination. You know, during these COVID times, my family and I have really missed going away on holidays. I don't know if you've uh, felt the same way. (laughs) But it's really exciting when you uh, discover a new place you want to go to that you haven't been to before. And the first thing you, you have to know is you have to know the address of the place that you want to go to. And what we do nowadays is we pop the address into our GPS or our maps and then if we follow the directions then we'll get there unfortunately this this the gps has has replaced my wife's role as as navigator <laughs> done her out of uh, out of a position so i apologize to louise for that but if you follow the directions uh, you will reach your destination in the same way jesus is saying he is the way he's the only way in fact the early church in the book of acts was known as the way have you ever thought what he was the way to? Uh, there's many people in life trying to find the way to peace, the way to joy, the way to contentment, the way to purpose and meaning, the way to being fulfilled, the way to know who we are. The problem is they have not entered the correct coordinates into the GPS, and therefore they have not found the way to what they are looking for. Jesus came to show humanity The way to the Father, so that our relationship with Him could be restored to a father-son or father-daughter relationship. What is the destination? Our Father in heaven is the destination. Like I said, there are many people trying to find the way. There may even be Christians on the way, but they have not yet come to know God as a good and loving Father. There are many that live good lives, and they may experience the blessings of God, but they miss the real point. Of the coming of Jesus, which is to bring us to the Father. In John 17, Jesus is praying to the Father, giving an account of his life, and declaring to the Father in prayer that he has fulfilled all that the Father has called him to. He then goes on in John 17, 6 from the ESV, saying, I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. And that's the disciples. Yours they were. And you gave them to me and you have and they have kept your word and from john 17 25 from the amplified he says "O just and righteous father although the world has not known you and has never acknowledged you and the revelation of your mercy yet i have always known you and these believers know without any doubt that you have sent me and i have made your name known to them and will continue to make it known so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, overwhelming their heart, and I may be in them. So what I need to comment on here is the name that Jesus manifested to the disciples in John seventeen is the name Father. And there's such an emphasis in this portion of Scripture on the word Father. Jesus mentions it six times alone in this in this chapter, and if you're anything like me, then you'll go and check. The language used here implies that Jesus did not simply teach about the name of God. He manifested, displayed, showed, demonstrated, revealed the nature and the character of the Father. He was the perfect representation of the Father on earth. A commentary on this portion of scripture says, Jesus lived out the love and goodness and righteousness and grace and holiness of God the Father. He manifested God's name to them. When he said, I manifested your name, he was saying, I revealed your nature. Believers today, you and I, have the same call and duty. Paul wrote that believers are like living letters read by the world. In 2 Corinthians 3, 2-3, read it in your own time. Uh, with a response, we, we are like living letters read by the world with the responsibility to manifest the name and nature of God to a watching world. What becomes obvious is, is that Jesus didn't just simply come and talk about the father. He came to demonstrate him. And you'd say, how did he demonstrate the reality of the father to his disciples? Great question. I'm glad you asked that. By living like a son who knew who his father was. He did not live in fear. He lived a righteous life, wanting to please his father. He lived in obedience, walked in compassion, never failed to know what to do because he was communicating with his father ongoingly, full of love, full of grace, brought healing, peace and joy to the people around him. He brought his father's kingdom to earth, and he walked in his father's authority. That's how he manifested the name Father. The disciples saw the way that Jesus lived uh, was different to what they were familiar with, with how the prophets lived. They were familiar with Moses, and they were familiar with men like Elijah and Elisha, who demonstrated tremendous signs and wonders. But Jesus lived a life knowing and showing that he had a father in heaven with whom he had a personal relationship with. In his whole life, from beginning to end, Jesus manifested the name Father. That's why he came. That's why God sent him, because only his son could reveal him. The prophets could talk about him. They could, they could teach about him, but they could not reveal him. They could not manifest him in matthew eleven twenty seven Jesus says, "All things have been handed over to me by my father, and no one except no one um, and no one knows the son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the son and anyone to whom the son chooses to reveal him. If you want to know the Father, it must be by revelation of the son, otherwise you cannot know the Father. Jesus has come to uh, said, Jesus says, Come to me, all you labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, all you who are carrying burdens. If you're struggling and find it hard going and wonder if you're ever going to make it through, Jesus says, Come to me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. So, what was his yoke and what was his burden? It was to do the Father's will. If you're struggling and you're perplexed, if you're anxious and if you're frustrated and if you're not satisfied with the way your life is going, Jesus is saying, come to me, I can reveal the Father to you and that will be a life-changing revelation. It will give you a new sense of belonging. It will bring you into true rest. Honestly, there's not much rest in the world today. People look for it, but they can't find it. Do you truly know what rest is? There's only one place that you can find rest, and that's in the Father's presence. Jesus will reveal him to you. And so I'd like to mention four things that come from knowing the Father. Number one, it gives you a sense of personal identity. To get to know who you are, um, really because you know who your Heavenly Father is. You'll get to know who you are because you know who your Heavenly Father is. The sad thing is we have a fatherless generation around us and they're never going to be satisfied until they have a father. It's our privilege that there is uh, to tell them that there's a father who loves them and who's waiting for them. Most issues, this is a very interesting thing, most intru- issues in the world can be traced back to father issues. People need to know God as a good and loving father. A heavenly father won't condemn them. He will not criticize them. He will not point out their faults and failures. He's just waiting for them, longing to embrace them. And that word about the prodigal, such a good word. God is waiting, longing to embrace you, looking out for you. Come back, come back into my arms. He's calling you. If we can get this message of a loving, good father across to this generation, many of them will run into their father's arms. That's what they are longing for. People are longing for that. If we have our identity in the Father, then we will live as sons and daughters of God. When people look at us, they will be, they'll become jealous. They'll say, you know, why have they got what they have? They'll become interested in what makes us different. They will think to themselves, why aren't they taking sedatives? Why aren't they relying on drugs and alcohol to get through? Why don't they have the financial worries that other people have? And our response should be, I know the Father. He cares for me. He provides for me. Our true identity only comes from the Father. And what helps in establishing our identity is knowing what the boundaries are that the Father has placed in life for us. And I really feel God is on this, and that's why I'm talking about it today. You see, the role of earthly fathers is to establish good and safe boundaries for their children. This helps children to know what is good and what is safe. Without boundaries, we feel insecure, unloved, confused about who we are. And if you look at society today, you'll find that many people don't know what the boundaries are in life. This may be because of a breakdown in family units and, and the absence of good fathers. In fact, what you see in society today is that there's every effort to break down all boundaries because they are seen as imposing and restrictive. As a result of this, people are, feel, are left feeling insecure, unloved, and confused. What I see in Scripture as a common thread, when people don't know God or reject Him, they begin to push the boundaries in two main areas. Uh, These areas are spirituality. The, the The boundaries that they push are spirituality and sexuality. And the reason for this, I believe, is that there's a deep longing inside each person wanting to know what their value and what their worth is. So in their quest to try and find themselves... They start searching and experimenting with spiritual things or they try to find their worth through giving themselves to another person in a wrong relationship. And when people don't know who they are, in other words, they're confused about their identity, they begin to look at all the wrong places and experiment to try and uh, and work this out. If you don't know your Heavenly Father, you will not understand the value of good and healthy boundaries. You will not know what is good for you. And this is harmful, this is dangerous, and it will seriously impact your life in a massively negative way. When you know your Heavenly Father, He will show you the boundaries to live within, and you will know how to live in a way that pleases Him. One of my favorite scriptures is uh, Psalm 16, verses 5 and 6, which says, "'Lord, you are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure.'" Isn't that a beautiful Lord? You're my everything. That's what says, you're my cup. You're my everything. You make my lot secure. And because of that, he he says, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. And then verse 11, he says, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. When we know the Father, our boundaries are not confined and restricting. His boundaries release us into freedom and gives us security and ensures for us a wonderful inheritance. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that a great message to be telling someone? The second thing is, um, you know, uh, the second thing you have when you you know your heavenly Father is that you have a home in heaven. Heaven is ultimately your home uh, because you know the Father is uh, who the Father is and He is there. Somebody once said that your life is like a burp in eternity. That's <laughs> a bit of a, a sort of a weird way of putting it, but it's it's a short. Your life here on earth is a short period of time in 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 terms in the context of eternity. Jesus says in John 6, 40, for my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in Him shall have eternal life. Where will you spend eternal life? Jesus has shown us the way home. Heaven is the place that believers will spend eternity in. And it makes a difference when you have God as your father. You have a home to go to. You're not a random person without a home. You're not, believe rando is a word nowadays, people. You're not a rando. You're not a, home. You're not a homeless person. You're not an orphan. You're on the pathway that's leading you home. You're not a rando. And we should all look forward to, to getting home. Um, not before our time, but we should look forward to it. It's not a Death should not frighten us. It is our it is hope and not a, not a wishy-washy hope. It's a certain thing that we will spend eternity with him in heaven. That's another great message to be telling people out there. Jesus says in uh, John 14, to 2 he says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms, and that doesn't mean there's many ways to God. That means that God has a <laughs> has a massive mansion in heaven with many rooms. And if it were not so, would I have told you that I uh, would I have not told you that I go to prepare a place for you? Jesus is in heaven preparing a place for us. Isn't that exciting? Yes. That is so exciting. Woo! We have a home in heaven. We have a Father who loves us and is waiting for us. But before we get there, though, we should aim to finish His work on earth. Jesus said, "My food, my food. I've just dropped my iPad. I'm sorry. <laughs> my food is to do the Father's will and to finish His work. We should be doing the same. We should be looking to finish His work on earth before we go." Um, number three, the third thing that comes from knowing the Father is total security. In Matthew ten twenty nine, verse uh, twenty nine to thirty one, Jesus says in the NIV. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny, yet not one of them will fall to ground outside your father's care? And even the very hairs of your head are numbered, so don't be afraid you're worth more than many sparrows. Now we have a, a an assortment of different hairstyles uh, in our church, and uh, I just want to say to zero is also a number. So if you have zero hairs on your head, that, that's a number. If you have 10 billion hairs on your head, that's also a number. But the, the, the most important thing is the father knows. He knows exactly everything about you. And Jesus said to them about the sparrows, he says, not one falls to the ground without your father knowing. He also says, do not fear because you are more valuable than many sparrows. God wants us to be safe in his arms no matter what storms rage around us. No matter what forces, evil forces come against us, he wants us to be safe in his arms. In John 10 29, Jesus says, My Father has given them to me is greater. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to take them out of my Father's hands. There's no power in the universe that can take you out of God's hand. Jesus said, My Father is great. We have the greatest father. In fact, Diana has a testimony of getting a house, uh, miraculously, in the final hour. And she, she coined this phrase of saying, G-O-D, which is an acronym for greatest of dads. We have the greatest dad in the world. We have the most wonderful father whose hands rolled the corners of the uni- universe, who created angels and the stars and is worshipped by millions and millions of glorious beings in heaven. We're living in times where it's very important to be in the Father's hand. Things are not going to get, I'm sorry to say, and I don't want to be a prophet of doom, but things are not going to be getting better in the world. Life isn't going to get easier. In fact, it might even get a little bit more dangerous. It's very important to know that you're in the Father's hand. And finally, number four, knowing the Father enables us to reveal the Father. As Jesus continually revealed the Father to the, to the disciples, he commissioned them to go out and do the same. 2 Corinthians 5:18 to 19 from the Amplified says, But all these things are from God the Father, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, making us acceptable to him, and gave us, gave you and me, the ministry of reconciliation, so that by our example we might bring others to him. That is that God the Father was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting people's sins against them, but cancelling them. And he's committed to us a message of reconciliation, that is restoration to favor with God. Isn't that a wonderful message to be telling people? Our mission and our mandate is to point people to the Father through Jesus by the help of And the power of the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. When you know your Heavenly Father, you reflect and reveal His heart to those you're reaching out to. As Jesus manifested the Father, so do we have the opportunity to touch the lives of those around us. So what is the Spirit of Jesus saying to us today? Engage with the Father's heart. Embrace His loving nature. And express His transforming love by telling others. Jesus is the only way to the Father. And if you've been listening to this uh, message today and there's been a stirring in your heart to know God is your Father, then I'd love to pray for you today. Lord Jesus, I pray for each person responding to this message today. I pray and ask that you would manifest and reveal the Father to them. I pray that all of us would come to know our Father in Heaven as Daddy. Papa God, Daddy God, I pray and ask that we would know your love and your heart for each and every one of us. I thank you, Jesus. You have shown us the way. I pray and ask that you would empower us to reveal your heart to others around us. Thank you that we are sons and daughters. We love you, Lord. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.